welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hello, Broads. Hi, Broads. How are you all doing today? (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing great. I was just telling you, your boobs are just looking fantastic today. Thank you. Feeding two children at once will do this. I feel like I got extra milk this time around. I mean, these are looking bodacious. They are bodacious. The top is fantastic. I'm feeling extremely gel, you know, (laughs) but I'm just enjoying looking at them. But I'm all boobed up and nowhere to go. So I mean, that is pretty sad, but it's okay. Oh, well, we can all we can we get to all enjoy them Um, virtually. So today, Broads, we are super, super excited. Um, we scored a guest that we've Another released. guest you brought by Jess's DM slides, by the way. I mean, I just was like, I'm just going to try and DM slide because I really want to get this guest on really badly. And sometimes I get shy about the DM slide and I think I need to take lessons. But she has decided to grace us with her presence. The DM slide worked and we're joined by Alex, a.k.a. Wheelchair Rapunzel. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, thank you. I am so excited to be here. Um, And just you were mentioning DM slide and I was like, wow, are people afraid to do that? Because I shamelessly do that (laughs) all the time. I'm like, oh my God, I need to slide into this tic-tac boys dm <laughs> before he gets tic-tac famous and doesn't notice me that's this oh my god before it explodes wait are you a great dm slider um i i mean i think i am i like to think i am but i don't think so i am also someone that gets really nervous about the dm side so props to you because i'm always yeah i don't know why it makes me really uncomfortable I love it. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm disabled and I feel like that gives me, like, the power to just, like, be super unapologetic about, like, doing super, like, weird things like that. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Might as well milk it. I mean... Exactly. Like, those boobies. <laughs> I mean, honestly, getting the DM slide is the best feeling in the world. So I'm like, girl, get over yourself. Just slide into those DMs. So I'm just going to start doing it more. Yeah. Sorry to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding in TikTok boys DMs. Yeah. Take a note from problem. Alex. <laughs> Well, you just mentioned, and some of our listeners may not know, you just said that you, you're like, I'm disabled. So, well, I guess Wheelchair Rapunzel kind of gives a clue into it. So maybe you could give us your just little bio on who you are, what you do, all that kind of thing. Yeah. So my name is Alex and I'm 26 years old and I'm from Chicago and I have a rare disability called spinal muscular atrophy type 2. Um, which basically means I'm just like weaker. Um, so I use an electric wheelchair and I'm a disability advocate. I blog, I write, um, I share about my life and disability. And I'm super passionate about disability rights and disabled body representation because I feel like there's a real lack of representation for disabled bodies in the body positive space. So that's mm-hmm. what I like to bring to the table Mm. have you always been doing advocacy work or when did that kind of start for you or when did you start feeling comfortable have you always been comfortable talking openly about that kind of thing 
I've always been a really open person. I've always been very open about my disability. And I've always been really passionate about, like, advocacy. But I wouldn't say that I started really diving into it as much as I am now until I, like, found my voice on Instagram Mm -hmm. and felt more comfortable talking about topics that make people uncomfortable. Um, So, yeah, I really started, like, two years ago really diving in. Was there someone that like inspired you to do that or a moment that you're like, I'm just going to start putting it out there? Yeah. So on Instagram, when I started, I was very like just, you know, posting photos, sharing things. But when I really dove into body positivity, I remember I saw this um, influencer that has a disability, Ruby Allegra, and they posted a photo of themselves and it was like, in their underwear and like their disabled butt was like front and center. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I did not know that 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 was a thing that like someone with a disability could like do that. And Mm. that's really what inspired me. Mm. Mm. I just, um, I remember finding you via Sarah Nicole, AKA the birds papaya I love her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's so wonderful. And she posted something that you had posted. And I started going through. And I think one of my most favorite things about you is your platform using it. Disabled bodies are sexy. Um, mm-hmm. Was that like when you first started on Instagram? Did you build into that? Or was that something like right off the cuff? You're like, no, this is going to be my platform. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about sex. No. So I started posting about it. And I, cause I was really, that's what really empowered me is seeing other people with disabilities do that. And I'm like, I really want to bring that to my platform. So that's kind of what inspired me, but I did not want to make my platform all about that. There's so many topics with disability and advocacy that we could go into for like days. Um, but everyone seemed to really resonate with that. And I think it's just so impactful, not for just like disabled people to see, but for able-bodied people to see like this disabled girl being confident in her body and like knowing that that's a thing, because I think that really changes attitudes, even without us really knowing. Like, like what, like, where did you think when you saw my photos? Like, were you like, oh, I've never seen that before. That's weird. To be honest with you, it initially I felt initially I felt shame because I felt like why is my feed filled with mostly people at the time who look just like me uh-huh. um, that included different colors, different types of bodies, fat bodies, disabled bodies. And I realized that like that was when I was kind of hit in the gut where I'm like, oh, my God. And I had to come face to face a lot of privilege that I didn't realize that I was living in every single day. And then when I started to get more into your feed, it was this realization of living in an abled body, how often I'm not never truly thinking about disabled, disabled bodies and the privilege that I have And I'm not talking about just like the obvious, like, oh, maybe this is more convenient to do. I'm talking about healthcare. I'm talking about, um, you know, the ability, like just convenience of like walking down like different places where they're not 
ramps that are just ridiculous. And now all of a sudden, after seeing your feed in other people's feeds, it's like, oh my goodness, how is this not something that I was aware of the entire time? If I'm just being honest. yeah. I think that was a really interesting question you asked because I was thinking about it. And I think that my uh, reaction was just kind of like, on a base level, just like shock and curiosity, just like, oh, I didn't know that that bodies could look this way or that way or, oh, uh, to be honest, I I didn't know that you looked like, like there were certain things about your body that looked like that way when you had clothes on. Uh-huh. So when you ha- are in underwear, then it's kind of like, oh, I wouldn't have known that her body looked like that and I wouldn't have known that people's yes. bodies looked like that unless she showed that. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of curious and that was, that was mm-hmm. a, yeah. Anyway, it's kind of an interesting experience to sort of eg- examine what your first reactions are to seeing mm-hmm. bodies you normally don't see. Yeah, no, totally. And like, even for myself, like I remember when I first took a photo of like my butt or my back, like those are things that I can't see on myself. Mm. Um, and you know, I wanted to like discover and be like, Oh, this would be maybe cool for Instagram. Like I would really want to talk about this for my followers. Like let's explore my body and see what we can do with it. And I saw those photos for the first time. I'm like, Oh my God, I have a nice ass. <laughs> I was like, how did I not it can't have been like, you know, sitting there like a little hidden treasure this whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Well, and how do you feel like being on Instagram? Actually, I'm really curious about this. This is actually a whole nother topic, but I'm curious about what your experience is like as a kid growing up and also kind of how the internet has changed. I mean, obviously it's changed so much in all different kinds of representation but I'm sure it's also an interesting experience for you as a disabled person to see other disabled people on Instagram showing their bodies and their lives and yeah I'm I love it I think it's amazing and I just wish there was more because this might sound like kind of vapid and weird but like a lot of times I'm like oh my god there's so many people in the body positive space or empowerment self-love and they have these huge followings, like over a million followers. You can find like a hundred easily mm-hmm. of these types of influencers. And yes, there is disabled influencers, but not that have these huge platforms. And I'm just wondering like why that is. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just seems like, are we scared of disability? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think probably the truth is yeah i think a lot of people are yes. kind of like maybe affronted by people that look different i mean we we also see it i don't i don't want to draw too hard of a parallel but i think we also uh-huh. see it with like black influencers too and uh-huh. like black or black and brown people who are body positive uh-huh. i mean the most popular body positive influencers that we see are usually usually white usually able bodied and also yeah. usually um like conventionally attractive and even if they're fat it's like kind of a moderate level right. of like like a more palatable like everything right. about their presentation is maybe like more palatable yeah mm-hmm. it's exactly and mm-hmm. i feel like we see that with everything with disability too like when we see these disabled models we're like oh my god this is amazing like 
brands are including disability, but it's like a model that could be able bodied. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you look at them, it's like, oh, like is that a true representation of disability? Um, so I think that palatable thing you mentioned is super important. I mean, hopefully it seems like things have been being expedited thanks to the internet and thanks to uh-huh. Instagram profiles. So, I mean, I guess the hope is five, ten years from now, there's so much possibility. Totally, I agree. Do you think people are like, you know, quote unquote, afraid of it, like we're saying? And part of that might be because there's a piece of accountability that goes with it. Like all of a sudden, if I'm following um, disabled influencers and that's more something that I'm seeing on a daily basis, I have to now start to be aware of that I am privileged and able-bodied and I don't want to like confront that on a daily basis. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that absolutely that is so true. I feel like disability does make people really uncomfortable. And I think it's, it's because we never see it and I think the more we expose ourselves and we're able to like confront our able-bodied privilege and whatever privileges we have that we can start like just unpacking all that tension that's there mm-hmm. with people that are different than us. What was your experience like growing up? And like I I had like a super normal childhood. Like I went fishing, boating, tubing, on vacations. Like my parents really didn't like to make disability a super focal point. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, we're going to like push this under the rug. We just like wanted me to be a normal kid and do normal things. And so I was pretty rebellious. Um, do you have siblings? I do not, no. Okay. I have only child syndrome. I'm like, this <laughs> I'm like, everything is mine. And I'm the center of attention. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I have four siblings and I still uh, feel and act that way. So (laughs) don't feel too bad. All right, broads, let's just take a quick pause. We are officially in summer and depending on where you live, that could mean it's very hot. Uh, LA blesses with some some cooler days from time to time. But during August and September, we uh, get some temperatures in the high 80s and 90s, which means my beauty routine is pretty much stripped down to my best accessory, my smile. Oh, <laughs> so nice. I absolutely cannot be bothered with makeup, though, when it's really hot, when it's melting off my face. Um, so the a big, bright smile. I'm down. I'm down. You remember that Annie song where it's like, you're never oh. fully dressed. <laughs> Without a smile. (laughs) Well, of course you all know, the only brand we trust with getting our smiles on point is High Smile. Their teeth whitening system is the easiest program ever, even as a busy mom of two. I can fit this little bit of self-care in because it only takes 10 minutes a day for six days. That's such a shorter period of time than most of the other teeth whitening brands. I can so easily just pop the trays in while I'm making my bed or reading a book or rocking Franklin or whatever I'm doing, and I don't even notice that they're in. Also, if you've been totally turned off to teeth whitening because of a bad experience that left your whole mouth sensitive, yes, I'm speaking from experience. Oh my gosh. Uh, Trust us. Same. You got to give High Smile a try because I was definitely skeptical about it at first, but after completing the whole six-day program, I did not suffer from any teeth sensitivity. Not once, not one time. And the smile never looked better. 
Nice. Well, if you're a little skeptical, High Smile does offer a 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't see at least two shades of whiter teeth after using their kit. So, risk-free. Not only that, but for our lucky listeners, High Smile is offering 20% off store-wide for a limited time only. You just have to visit highsmileteeth.com to shop their range of products and enter code CHATTYBROADS at checkout for 20% off. That's HISMILETEETH.com teeth.com and use code chatty broads at checkout and you'll get 20% off. So if you're anything like me, you may have had a great big plans for 2020 um, that are ha. starting to look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I like that big laugh. <laughs> a little bit different. Uh, and listen, it's understandable. But if your plans for 2020 or even the years beyond include family planning, those can still go on as intended, despite what's happening around us, by using Modern Fertility. Uh, Modern Fertility is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with just a simple, simple finger prick. This is the most convenient way to plan for your family's future. After you conduct your test via the finger prick, you mail it back with a prepaid label, and within 10 days, you'll have your personalized results. It's pretty quick, and it's just as comprehensive as you'd get at a doctor's office, but it's way more affordable. You're going to get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. And you'll also be able to talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse and review your results. Honestly, Broads, if you want kids right this second or maybe a few years down the road, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. And thankfully, with Modern Fertility, that information is available easily and affordably for everyone because everyone deserves to know, okay? Traditionally, these tests can cost over $1,000 at a doctor's office, but with Modern Fertility, you'll get all the same information for only $159. $159. I mean, that's a big difference. And I know uh, also right now we are all not trying to rush to the doctor's office because of current circumstances. So this is a perfect way to do it safely from the comfort of your home. Mm-hmm. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash chatty. That means your test will cost instead of the hundreds or thousands of dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. You'll get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash chatty. That's modernfertility.com slash chatty. Yeah, I just um, really had a normal childhood and I said I was very rebellious in high school. I was like a brat. (laughs) Like I would skip school and like just do whatever I wanted and maybe that was like some pent up something I had about my disability but it worked did you ever have like what was your experience dealing with how other people perceived you too like throughout childhood and as you were growing up so I had like mechanisms against that that I still use so I would get piercings and like tattoos to be like, haha, see, like, I'm a bad bitch. Like, <laughs> don't just look at my disability. Um, makeup is a great tool. Um, swearing is an amazing tool. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Really, if you drop an F bomb, someone's like, oh, she's normal. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like weird how that correlates. Like, I don't know. It just works. And 
Because a lot of times people will infantilize disability. Mm. Like, treat me like I'm incompetent or I can't understand or that I'm like 10 years old. <laughs> so I feel like the piercings and makeup, dropping the occasional F-bomb really helps with that. I was wondering, like, if people ever assume for whatever reason, I don't know, because you're in a wheelchair or something, do people ever assume that you have some sort of mental disability or learning disability as well? It's a huge stigma for disabled people for someone to assume that you have an intellectual disability just because you have a physical disability. And I kind of grew up with that in school. And it really bothered me. So that's why I'm like... I try to be very, like, overly perfectionistic and just, like, prove myself so people know, like, hey, I have a normal mind. Or not normal mind, but, like, I don't have an intellectual disability just because I'm in a wheelchair. Mm. Mm. (laughs) That's, I can't imagine dealing with that. Uh And, I mean, do people on the, I mean, in school, but then also do people just in the public also does that ever happen? I mean, in public, it's a little bit different because I feel like more in public, people assume I'm not necessarily that I have an intellectual disability, but like that I need to be ratched over by somebody. But they ask oh. like, oh, what's her name? Are you her mother? Like my friends have been asked if they're my mom. Oh my god, do your friends flip? (laughs) (laughs) Jess would be so offended for herself. (laughs) First of all, we're the same age. Second, fuck you. That's my friend. Yes. (laughs) And then they'll be like, oh my god, you're such a good person for being friends with her. That happens a lot. And my friends are like, uh, okay, thank you, next. Because the assumption is what? That it's some sort of sacrifice to... Or that I'm like, I'm, they're doing it for like charity reasons. Not because they actually like to hang Like out. you as mm-hmm. a person. Not because you're just a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm a great... <laughs> I, can, I can get that. <laughs> you just have to sprinkle in some F-bombs so then they know that too, you know? You do know that. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, did that. I actually felt really bad. I did that um, a few months ago. Oh my God. I must have been like, I'm a period or something. But this guy was like coming through the hallway and he's like, oh, I really have a speeding ticket. I was like, fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm like, I hope he heard me. You're like, if that was a pickup line, it really sucked, okay? <laughs> oh, wait, let's transition into that. Can we, please? The, uh-huh. the really fun stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was this guy. I was at a bar with my friend, and he decided to try and hit on me by calling me Speed Racer. My friend was like, your face? <laughs> when he said that, was like, it just like dropped and I was like um if you're trying to hit on me like just buy me a drink and just leave you ruined it (laughs) I'll take the drink Uh you can go Mm -hmm. 
How'd he respond? He's like, oh my god, no, I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> I was just trying to make a joke. I'm like, well, it wasn't funny. <laughs> now please leave. <laughs> now leave, bye. Okay, yeah, I'm. I really want to. I really want to hear from you because I got really intrigued peeking around on your Instagram, and I read a post where you were like, "Yeah, people assume that I have a lot of experience in sex and dating, and I don't like at all." So, can you gotta can you gotta talk about that? Just about okay, one dating with a disability, but then also like you and what you're looking for in a partner, and maybe why sure. you aren't as experienced, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like. I definitely have this perception that like I'm not good enough. Like, and it's something I, I like try not to like make obvious, but it is, it's just something I feel like, Oh my God, but this girl is so much hotter than me and she could run. So she's automatically a better candidate than me, mm-hmm. which is like so arbitrary, right? Mm-hmm. Like walking, what does that really mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel especially like, for people who take it for granted. I yeah. don't really think much about like oh that person can walk. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and so I kind of like close myself off to boys because I have a perfectionist attitude, and I'm like, I just I feel like I just like undercut myself with that, and I'm like, well, no, I have to look perfect. I have to do this. I have to do that, and I'm like, that's just too much work. I don't really give a shit anymore. So I don't really date. I mean, I flirt with boys. I talk to boys. I make out with boys at the bar. Um, I dance. Like, it's really casual. And I'm just really not interested in, like, in, like a super intimate relationship anyways since I'm so busy and, like, independent. But, yeah, my boy situation's weird. I'm just, like, awkward. I don't think you're really alone in that. And also definitely don't run into a relationship because you're right. It kind of takes over your life and anything you're trying to accomplish. So there's that. Yeah. (laughs) Busy running, busy running your own company, Alex. Uh Boys are secondary, to be honest. Take it from someone who's been married for many years. You don't have to rush into it. (laughs) Do you do dating apps? I used to, but I literally hate them because everyone out there is like, they either just are interested in sex or and like the stuff that they say is so weird, like and creepy. <laughs> They're like, yeah, so you're disabled, so I'm gonna fuck you so hard you can walk. Oh my god! I'm like, okay, sir. <laughs> People usually comment on your disability like that when they're hitting on you. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I mean, they're probably like creeps in real life, but yeah. I've actually I bypassed both of us somehow bypassed the the uh, online dating thing. I don't know. Actually, I've been definitely been single during the online dating phase. But uh-huh. for some reason, I've never experienced it. And so the whole thing seems a little weird to me. I, well, I went on this one date with this guy. I'm like, hey, okay, that's I'm terrifying, first of all. Just that I mean, freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> showing up to meet someone uh-huh. from online. No, it's really creepy. I'm more vulnerable, so I have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't like physically defend myself or anything. But 
I decided, okay, Alex, lower your standards that everybody is going to be Channing Tatum. <laughs> like, trying you on a date. So I did. And it was the most boring shit I've oh, ever experienced. God. This dude had the personality of a potato chip. <laughs> I was like, so then we went back to my apartment after we had a really boring conversation. Oh, and then there were like cute Australian guys in the main room. And I shamelessly ditched him for the <laughs> Australians in front of him. You're like, I don't know. Wait, did he insist on coming back or did you were just Yeah, I know. Like, You're like, let's continue this since it's already been horrible. He did. He's like, let's go back to your apartment. I'm like, okay. You're like, that's fine. But just so you know, <laughs> these cuties are going to get a little more of my attention. <laughs> you insisted on coming back. So the fact of the matter is this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the accents, the Australians. They're actually like fine and interesting. This guy was just such a dud. I'm like, I don't even care that I'm like literally ditching him in front of him. Oh, wait, this just remind. I don't know why it's reminding me, but what um, we got to hear what your sign is and what your what your uh, yeah, sun, moon and rising is. I'm an Aquarius. What's your uh, birthday? January 31st. Oh. My daughter's is February 2nd and I'm February 10th. So oh. Aquarius bitches up in here. Yay, I mean, that's my sister. Her birthday is January 31st. Really? And, yeah. And my husband is January 21st. All of you Aquarians, gotta love. Aquarians are, like, really cool people, I feel like. A little biased, but agree. We're we're really biased, but... (laughs) I know, I feel like that's Aquarius thing to be. Like, we're actually one of the most intellectual (laughs) and, like, politically active and just, like, generally smartest signs (laughs) out of all of them. I know, I know. We totally are. And as a Libra, I'm like, yeah, you guys are probably right. That's true about who you are. (laughs) Okay, what's your moon and rising also? What does that mean? Oh, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it. I'm super into astrology and like some of my friends are It's time. And I'm like, okay, enlighten me. I'm excited. All right. So you ask ask her another question. Meanwhile, I'm going to get my app and find out the, uh, so I do, do you know what your birth time is? I think it might be around 420. (laughs) Really? AM or PM? We'll, uh, we'll just yeah. say 420 for the heck of it. PM. And where okay. were you born? What city? Uh, Palos Heights. Palos Park. Palos Park. How do you spell that? P-A-L-O-S. Okay. Space Park. Okay, okay, so Alex, here's the thing. The moon sign is, so your sun, I'm going to f- butcher this for oh, wait, all the astrology broads are going to freak. Illinois. Wait. Illinois, okay. Keep going. All, all the astrology broads are going to freak, but the sun is like overall, but the moon is that's like the internal piece of you. Okay, okay. So for instance, like my son is Libra. It's like more balanced, you know, worried more about what people thinking than my, but my internal sign is Scorpio where I'm kind of like, fuck you. And I get really <laughs> intense and that's like who I am inside. And then rising is kind of like first impression, like how you view oh, the world. People perce- oh, I thought it was how people perceive you. Yeah. How the world views you. That's what I mean. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. So, so do I have this right? January 31st, 1994? Yes. Okay. 4.20 p.m. And that's Palace Heights. Yes. Okay, okay, let's do this. This is always the most exciting thing for me. <laughs> this is also the most, like, this is if you look up any stereotypical Los Angeles conversation, I always get so shamed when I see all the memes. They're like, the second they meet someone, it's just like, tell me your sun, moon, and rising. <laughs> okay, Libra moon. <gasps> yes! What does that mean about me that I'm, like, internally... You're like Libra is like the, the the sign of balance, right? So it's the scales. Okay. But you know what? I'll read it to you. I'll tell you exactly okay. what. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna know right now. Let's see. Moon in Libra. It gives you a gentle and refined personality. Mm. Uh, you like to please everyone and should be aware of a tendency to be all things to all people. You're the soul of courtesy which may also prevent your genuine genuine emotional reactions from getting across to people. I mean, based on, okay, okay. I was going to say, based on your anecdotes, it, it, that doesn't sound true, but you can tell us. I'm totally you, a people pleaser. Like, I know I am. Really? Are you? Yeah. It's that internal piece? It is. Mm-hmm. I feel you. <laughs> Well, it's so hard. You have an emotional sensitivity in response to thinking and the intellect. Your mind is ever alert for new information. Your moods are linked with your mental process. You may feel anxiety caused by your habit of constantly questioning the ideas and concepts of the world around you. Each answer you find can be the source of another question for you. I did like hit the nail on the head, but I feel like you could probably read like five different ones and it would hit the nail on the head too. That's why I'm like. Well, you have a lot of Aquarius. You have a lot of Aquarius placements like I do. She has Mercury in Aquarius, Venus in Aquarius, Mars in Aquarius. Oh, I love that. Um, And then she's a Leo rising. Oh, shit. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> that means, okay. that means okay, that the, world, the world perceives you as a fucking lion. That's how the world sees Wait, you. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, this is what it says. I don't know if we're right about the perception thing, Jess, because it says Leo rising people are dramatic, extroverted, extroverted and assertive. You have great energy, courage and honesty and are very creative, self-confident and maybe even a little bit self-indulgent. You expect to be the center of attention and you often are. Even so, people forgive you for your excesses, um, sensing you that you're an incurable romantic. Wait, so is that how I feel or how people view me? Both, I guess. You, yeah, all of this. Oh, oh, no. The first part that I read about you expecting to be the center of attention, you're dramatic, extroverted, and assertive. It's just saying that's that the way like you are. not me at all. Well, then they're I, wrong. I feel like I'm really, um, I could be super introverted. I could be extroverted, but I hate being the center of attention. I absolutely hate it. Well, then like, it's I, just straight up wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then astrology fails, but you know what? Well, <laughs> so you do good. have you do have great energy and maybe courage and honesty. Mm-hmm. True, I'm assertive. I'm an assertive ass bitch. Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe that a lion right. is the next tattoo. Yes, oh my god, yes, all the tattoos. <laughs> Where are your tattoos? I can't see of any of them. I have. Um, let me see. Oh, so I can show you my hand tattoos. Oh, I like yes. those. Those kind of look like it. Jess. Let's see yours. Jess has Jess has some too. Oh, you guys both have moons. 
Oh, hi. A matching moon. Hell yes. Um, and then, and then, and then I, it says Excelsior. Um, I love that one. And I have another one, but you, know, you can't see it. But they're all on this arm. I nice. love so, Broads, let's pause for one more second. I, I'm so excited to talk about this because hands down, one of my favorite brands to keep an eye on is Glossier. Uh, there's a very good chance you know Glossier or at the very least, you know what they popularize, which is that perfectly glowy, dewy skin look. But it's about so much more than just makeup with Glossier. They are really focused on being a community-driven brand. Basically, they find out what kind of skin concerns people have and make products based on those conversations. And it is so apparent in their products. Everything I've ever tried is like, wow, phenomenal. Like, wow, wow, phenomenal. I also am excited to tell you guys about a product I recently started using by Glossier. It's the Invisible Shield. It's their daily sunscreen obviously a non-negotiable in California, but also anywhere you should be wearing your sunscreen. Even if it's cloudy broads, SPF every day. That's my PSA to all of you. Anyway, Gorgeous. Invisible Shield is a SPF 35 water-based sunscreen that almost applies like a primer. And get this, it leaves zero white residue. So if you're an avid sunscreen wearer, which you should be, you know that's the marking of a perfect sunscreen. And if you're not an avid sunscreen wearer, maybe that's why. You won't have that problem anymore. That's true. And using the Glossier sunscreen. Exactly. Also, I have been loving Glossier's Lid Star lately, which is the most stunning cream eyeshadow that somehow looks like you both woke up looking gorge, but also put in a little bit of effort and shimmer just for fun. And I don't know how one product can do both things so perfectly, but Lid Star does it. And they have so many fun colors. Um, I have to say that currently Glossier is hands down my most favorite brand for makeup and skincare right now. I just cannot get enough. So get that glow, get that dewy look for yourself by visiting glossier.com slash podcast slash chatty plus all new customers will get 10% off their first order on glossier.com slash podcast slash chatty certain exclusions apply excuse me and remember that's glossier g-l-o-s-s-i-e-r.com slash podcast slash chatty remember it's that slash podcast slash chatty let's get back into it Okay, so I have I have a question because this is something that I've seen recently and I'm curious because I feel like I've seen different like takes on it from different um, disabled influencers. When people um, talk to you and say like, oh, my God, like you're so inspiring. (laughs) What what's your feeling on that? So I used to hate it. I, I used to absolutely hate it because um, there's this thing called inspiration porn. And it was coined by a super well-known disability activist that's amazing, Stella. Um, and inspiration porn is basically just like using disability to make able-bodied feel able-bodied people feel better about themselves and like like being like, oh my God, like the, the worst disability in life is a bad attitude. Like, what? What the hell does that mean? Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things where able-bodied people make disabled people inspirational to make them feel better about themselves. And it really d- is detrimental to the disability community because we're already infantilized. We're already 
like put in this weird light of like that we're powerless, vulnerable creatures. And so that's why a lot of disability advocates kind of push away from that. But if you're actually doing something worthy of inspiration, then it's okay. But you can't be inspirational. Just existing. Just existing and breathing and being out in public. Like, no. Mm. That's a really, really good point. That's so interesting. I think also maybe it touches on something too that uh, we see a lot in the body positive movement. And this happened. It was like the smallest thing. And I'm not gonna. I'm not complaining about it, but it just happened. Uh I just posted a picture of my legs at the pool, and it was Uh literally just there. You could see some hair, and you could see some. I don't know, Uh like stretch mark lines, whatever. And I started getting all these messages from my story saying, like, thank you so much for, like, normalizing real bodies or, like, posting real bodies. And I was like, what the fuck? That's kind of insulting. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, normalize my real body or, like, make a statement or, like, be brave. Like, I, I, it was like I I actually had no thought and was just like, oh, here click here's me at the pool and yeah yeah, here's me exactly this is cute so people are like oh real bodies and i'm like that's like a nice way of saying that like (laughs) you your legs look flawed you look flawed (laughs) yeah and like that you don't look you don't look good like that's that's low-key the the subtext even though that's Mm -hmm. not what that person's trying to say absolutely it is and it's like people call me brave all the time for just like posting a picture where I'm not trying to convey anything super radical. Like, just a regular photo. Like, oh my God, you're so brave. I'm like, for what? I'm just living, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, granted, I know people have good intentions because there's what they're saying is like, you might get a lot of shit on the internet for just existing in your body. So right. it's like, I get that. Right. But also it's kind of, I can imagine that's shitty to hear for just being yourself. Yeah, for sure. And just like, People think it's so radical to, like, put yourself in a bikini when you're disabled and put it on your Instagram feed. Like, that's a radical idea to people. And I'm just like, why? Like, I don't really feel brave when I do that. I'm just literally, like, living in my body and being who I am. And I think it's like we just should, I don't know. I guess for a lot of people, they do feel uncomfortable posting that type of thing and, I think it's the real issue at hand is why do we feel uncomfortable with that? Did you always like feel that? Go ahead. What are you saying? Sorry, you, you can go. <laughs> uh, I was just saying, did you always feel super comfortable in your own body? No, I didn't. I definitely stepped more into my body once I started doing Instagram, but I never felt like I'm not going to wear a bathing suit because of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you feel yeah. like when you have, like, for example, on Instagram, if someone, you know, were to comment like you're inspirational, but like it's appropriate uh-huh. if they also have a disability and it's like, uh-huh. hey, no, this is motivating for me. But someone who's able bodied quoting that is just like, no, this is not your space. Mm. <laughs> totally. And I feel like I don't, I don't get mad when people say that I understand where they're coming from. Um, but I'm more get angry when like I'm talking about a disability issue and able-bodied people get really heated and feel like their opinion like matters when it's explicitly a disability-related thing. And it's like, 
you don't like your opinion doesn't matter in this conversation like it's it's blind but it's true and i feel like the disability community is always just like trying to talk over able-bodied people and it's like frustrating that our voices are drowned out by able-bodied people trying to like assert their opinions oh could you give examples of how you've encountered this like please different Oh yeah, God, we want to we want to hear the drama. Spill Let's the tea, Alex. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tilt back. We're getting into this. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's this super controversial thing that is like a thing in the disability community is talking about the word special needs. Oh, and that word is like the right word to use, and I'm like, no, because my needs aren't special. But able-bodied people would be like, well, my sibling has a disability and their needs are special. And I'm just like, but, but you don't have a disability. Mm-hmm. So your opinion doesn't matter. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what's the thing? What's the thing behind? Is it is it sort of like trivializing or making like a disability? Like what wh- what are your feelings on that term? I feel like it's a term to avoid saying disability. Because that makes okay. people, like people it, feel uncomfortable. I feel like it, it's like infantilizing. Like, oh, you're special. Like, my special friend. Like, like I just feel like it's very um, infantilizing. And it just, it takes away disabled people's identity. Because disabled people, like, you know, a lot of us are super... Uh, like very identify with their disability and able-bodied people saying oh special needs it just like kind of takes that away yeah i imagine that would be frustrating to also have uh-huh. people tiptoe around like you're you're special uh-huh. yeah and special needs like isn't in any sort of legislation like disability is like disabled people are a protected class under the law and special needs isn't so that's like our special needs sounds like my peanut allergy or something (laughs) you know like this special need (laughs) yeah like you have to like go buy a special diet or something because i'm allergic to yeah i'm lactose intolerant like that's my special need i need some (laughs) stuff without milk like that's really That's like a pretty big umbrella term for things that it is, and it's just like people are so heated and able-bodied people are really are like, well, my son or daughter has special needs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're disabled and they have needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so. Remember, uh, Alex. We had another, yeah, we had Alex on to uh-huh. talk about another <laughs> talk Alex. About autism. We had another Alex on to talk about autism. And uh-huh. uh, I think he was briefly talking about, uh, it reminded me, the term differently abled. And he was just kind of ranting. And he was like, that's so stupid. I'm not like differently abled. Like I have, I, it's a, it's a yeah. disability. And that's another like huge term that everybody people use as like, a way to avoid just saying disabled, um, differently abled is like so fucking cringy. I'm like, <laughs> special needs is better than differently abled. Like, 
I'm not disabled. I'm differently able. <laughs> like people say that. People think that like disability, like disability isn't like synonymous with not able. You know what I mean? And people think like, oh, disability means you're not able to do something because it's like disability. I get like the connotation, but. It's not true. Disabled people obviously do many things. And so I hate when people are like, well, disability is a bad word because it means you aren't able. And it's like, no. I'm also guessing a lot of these terms were coined by able-bodied people. Like you said, about their child or about a loved Uh one or something. Because Uh they don't maybe feel comfortable or don't like that their loved one has a disability. Exactly. That's so interesting. All right, all right. Are, is most legislation that's going on right now uh, involving disabilities uh, uh, controlled by able-bodied people? Oh, I'd love for you to touch on this. Yes. Oh, my God. All of it is. And it's, like, really unfair because, you know, there's disability services, like caregiver services, for example. And it's, like, I've heard so many stories from disabled people about how certain states are just so rude and they, like, just they're they don't understand it. It's like I need the service to live, and you're literally telling me I'm lying about my disability. And it just it sucks that able-bodied people are really in the position to control every aspect of disabled people's lives, like legislation, everything. Like, I mean, I think I know of one big senator i think that has a disability um so yeah it's definitely a huge topic in the disability community with like certain laws legislation going on and how able-bodied people are at the forefront of that for sure Mm. Mm. what are some hot issues right now that like you've been talking about and that are important to you at the moment well the ada was it was the 30th year anniversary so that was huge. Um, and so I think we're just trying to make sure that disabled people's needs are met as far as accessibility. Accessibility mm. is such an important topic. Like, for example, today I was going for a walk and I was on a sidewalk and there was a pile of furniture someone put on the sidewalk right in front of the ramp. And I couldn't get off the sidewalk. And I was like, this is so frustrating. So just like, definitely laws with accessibility, equal access, equal employment, health care. There's so many things. So when you're talking about um, like accessibility, uh-huh. is that a big issue with businesses? Is that something that, because I know just... Um, when my boyfriend built his climbing gym, he had to make everything uh, wheelchair accessible, which we were kind of like, what's the point? Who is the wheelchair is going to come to the climbing gym? But it's like, that's that's not even the right way to look at it because <laughs> should people who are in wheelchairs not have access to a business just because the person thinks that they're not going to come in? Furthermore, even if they're not going to be using the facility for climbing, which disabled people still can do in certain contexts uh-huh. what if they want to come in with their friends or with their family or you know uh-huh. i mean is that something that you in, have encountered throughout your life just 
not even yeah. being able to make it in a building. Yeah, it happens honestly more frequently than like, oh, it's just frustrating. People don't understand like how many places just are not wheelchair accessible and not just like wheelchair accessibility, but like have braille menus or like mm. have different sorts of things for other sorts of disabilities that aren't visible. Um, but yeah, I went to a tattoo shop to get my finger tattoos and I called ahead and I said, hey, is your shop wheelchair accessible? And you cannot say accessible because everybody says yes. And then I get there and there's stairs. So you have to say wheelchair accessible. So I said this and the dude was like, yeah, come on, we're ready for you. Yeah, we're wheelchair accessible. I go and there's a step to get up into the back and I was pissed. And I was like, I came all the way here. I, you said it was wheelchair accessible. And there's a step, and he's like, bro, we have this guy in a wheelchair that comes here all the time, and we just kind of, like, shimmy his wheelchair over the bump. <laughs> I was like, my wheelchair cannot shimmy. It's 350 pounds. <laughs> and he's like, okay, and then they started, like, panicking. And they're like, hang on, hang on. So they got a, a piece of wood from out back. And they made a makeshift ramp, and I was like, okay, like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. And it was, like, super flimsy, but I was like, I'm a disability advocate, and this is an ADA violation. And they got, like, nervous. Oh, I'm sure they were freaking out. (laughs) You're like, I'm going to burn your business to the ground. (laughs) Tattoo my whole body for free. my lawyer. (laughs) 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 Mm-hmm. I was going to say that yeah. is illegal, though, right? And uh-huh. it's wild. It it's, a, it's a violation of the ADA, but the ADA is not enforced. It just isn't. Oh, so That's, even if you were to report it, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And even if you report it, it's this huge process that takes months and it's on the disabled person to do it. Hmm. See, that's it's uh-huh. so wild to me because recently I've been like taking more note of when we go somewhere and I'm like, it, I would say at least where I am in Los Angeles, uh-huh. at least half of the places that I've been are, like around lately are not uh-huh. uh, accessible. And it's just if it's if it's the law, it's just unbelievable to me that this is not okay. something and- it's surprising because my friends are like, oh, it's going to be accessible. Like, why are you calling ahead? Everywhere has to be accessible. I'm mm-hmm. like, no. Like, that is unfortunately and, not my reality. Yeah, exactly. And like, just accessible transportation, like right now I'm fundraising to get a new accessible van because they are like outrageously expensive. And here in Florida, they don't have accessible Ubers. Or lifts and the cab company, it's like you have to call a day in advance to like book a trip and you have to give them the times. Wow. And I'm like, uh, no. So, yeah, I'm fundraising for a new van, and they're just, I went to go shopping for a van, and I never did this because, yeah, I, my parents bought our first van. And so I went and I was like, how do people afford these? Like, 
the cheapest van is like thirty-five thousand for a wheelchair accessible van. What oh is God. the option for most people? What 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 options do people have, especially in They're, like rural areas? They they don't leave their house. There's literally like little options. Hmm. I had never even thought of the Uber Lyft thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane. It's it's wild. I remember seeing on your Instagram, um, and if you wouldn't mind refreshing my memory, something involving healthcare, where there was like a a price point. I just saw that as well. The like the two thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. So yeah, can you explain that? Okay. So a lot of people are on disability services okay. and. And there's different like state programs and every state is different, but to be on social security income, I might get this wrong. Like something I say might be a tiny bit off. So sorry to any disability advocates listening, but you can't have more than $2,000 in assets to be able to get the services. In assets? Uh-huh. So wasn't wouldn't that like include your fuck maybe I don't understand assets. Wouldn't that like include your fucking car and shit like that too? Yeah, yeah so it can't be in your name and there yeah, you can't have a car. I mean, why is that? Cuz then you just don't need it because, as Yeah, it's 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 horrible. I think it's just the government's way of like you know control like not putting a high value on disabled people's independence and lives and livelihood in general. It's it's outrageous. It's also just an outrageously low number. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I remember when I first read it, I thought it said twenty thousand at first, which I was still like, there shouldn't be a number. I mean, <laughs> but when I saw twenty thousand, I was like, damn, there shouldn't be a number. And then I reread it, I was like, two thousand. Uh huh. You basically can't own anything. You can't own anything, and to be on the services, like if you want to have a job, you can't make more than it's like way below the poverty level. So it's basically like you either get the services and you are poor, or you don't get the services and you have to pay. For your care, your everything, and your poor. <laughs> it's it's horrendous. And like caregivers. So this isn't social security, but there's caregiver programs. And those have restrictions too. And that is where the state pays for someone to come in and give you care. Um, and so there's a ton of restrictions with that. And paying a caregiver on a pocket is like, it's it would be like sixty or hundred dollars in a year, depending on how much care you need, just for caregivers. So the the state and the government really restricts disabled people in that way. Yeah, and also I remember following someone who uh, their son was severely disabled and had to be pretty much monitored 24 7 because he could aspirate um on he had some sort of issue where he could vomit and then because of his mobility issues would aspirate and so she, because of her 
because she had a job that had a certain salary, if I remember correctly, she wasn't uh-huh. able to get an overnight caregiver, which means that she was basically up sometimes for almost days on end, just making sure that her son didn't die. And if she was to use, if she was to pay out of pocket for a caregiver, it literally would have been like all of her salary. And it was just unbelievable yeah. to me that this is so many people's reality realities and parents' realities. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's awful. It's honestly just, I, I've just been like, you know, seeing it all from every perspective, not just my own. And I'm like, what they're doing is just saying, like, it is horrendous. Like, what they're doing is not right. And I cannot believe that disabled people have to live in a world where we're at the mercy of, like, government services that are so restrictive. Mm-hmm. And, like, care, personal care is so expensive. And the state, certain states pay caregivers, so, like, horrendous, like, $11 an hour. And it's, like that it's hard to find quality caregivers when you're only able to pay them that much money. Um, so yeah, the quality of care is super important too. Cause it's like, okay, like who am I going to get for that much money? You know what I mean? Right. As- yeah. Especially for someone who's maybe nonverbal or something mm-hmm. like that, that can be really, really scary, terrifying mm-hmm. to, to not, especially as a, um, like I imagine as a parent having a child who's nonverbal and you mm-hmm. leaving your child with this person for hours on end is absolutely horrifying or being mm-hmm. someone who's nonverbal, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many doors open for abuse. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I just wish that this, the government would really just up their game with legislation in terms of like, caregiving that would be huge for disabled people to just be able to like hire caregivers that are quality caregivers and have those people be paid something more aligned with a healthcare job and that is what it is um so yeah also i believe uh again our other guest alex brought up that it is i'm i might be butchering this but legal to pay disabled workers like pretty much whatever you want yeah it is yeah so you could legally desire hire someone disabled and pay them like 75 cents an hour legally yes that's still a thing in the u.s and it's yeah it's more it's more in terms of like people who have intellectual disabilities um that i know of and yeah it is perfectly real to pay people that 75 cents per hour which blew my mind i was like i I didn't know this until like maybe a year or two ago and i was like how are we letting this happen how can you define that either like if how can you define you know someone who who has a disability who it's legal to pay that little i'm really curious about that too right i have no idea and i feel like I've kind of seen this because actually my, my major is rehabilitation services. I have a bachelor's in rehabilitation services, which is like advocating and teaching people with intellectual disabilities, vocational skills and independent living skills. So I kind of dip my toes in that like, Oh, like when we help these people get jobs that these companies are, can pay them 
lower wages and I, I just like it didn't really like click in my head that that's what was going on and it's it just blows my mind they're doing the same work like I, it's ugh, it's horrible because then it almost makes uh kind of going back to what you're talking about earlier it almost puts that company in the position of being like a like it's a charitable act to hire someone who is disabled exactly and they're like oh my god they're hiring disabled people kudos to them but it's like like you're literally paying them 75 an hour to do the same job as other people Right. Oof. Oh my God. Are there ways that you like off the top know that people can advocate against this? Like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. What are, what are like some action items right mm-hmm. now that able-bodied people can get involved with? I would say like telling your local governor on um, voting is huge. Mm. Vote, 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 voting is so important. And just like using your voice to actually say something. Like, use your platform to share these stories. Use your voice to talk about the topic, not just on social media, but with your family and friends and different, you know, so many people just network and just having the opportunity to maybe reach bigger corporations and, like, people that have power to let them know, like, hey, this is bullshit and we shouldn't let this happen. And I think when we all stick together to use our voice against something, whatever way that is, it, it's really powerful. Mm. Do you have any helpful suggestions for uh, when you're talking about voting? Are you talking about specifically voting in certain candidates or voting on, you know, certain bill uh, legislation? Yeah, definitely. And how, and how, I don't know if you know how to navigate that. Right. I'm not like super duper into politics. I'm like getting more interested, but definitely like looking at certain candidates and like, what are their interests? Mm -hmm. Like, have they mentioned anything about disability? Like, Mm -hmm. do they have a disability plan? Do they have any sort of anything for disabled people? So I think that in and of itself, like this election, we see, uh, the candidates talking about disability, which is insane. Like that never happens. Um, so just really being cognizant of like, if a candidate is championing, championing disability rights. That's interesting. I didn't know that that's been a hot topic for, mm-hmm. for this election. In what context? This, like, so this election uh, Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, she dropped out. I literally was rooting for her. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all having these disability plans that they're writing up and like posting and letting us see like they have a plan to change certain things regarding disability. And that literally, this is like the first election that has really been a main wow. topic. Uh-huh. Wow, that's fascinating, too, that they're putting actual, like, releasing actual plan. I mean, that's huge. Uh-huh. Seriously. Huge. So, broads, vote. Vote, <laughs> vote, vote. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to know about your business, because I know you have your own company. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, I started it way back 
when I first started my Instagram, I was like, I'm just going to release some merch and see what happens. And so, yeah, I have an apparel line and it's about empowerment, self-love and disability representation. And I designed t-shirts and hoodies and leggings and bracelets and pretty much everything in the shop. And it's, I really wanted something for disabled people to be seen in, but for able-bodied people to be able to like come to my shop and be like, I'm going to join in. Like, let me rock a disabled body's or fire t-shirt, even if I don't have a disabled body. Mm. So I really wanted that disability representation thrown in there. Super cool. How did you, how and when did you get started doing that? I started doing it two years ago. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> but I was like, my first design was horrendous. I looked back at it and I was like, oh, ew. <laughs> but I have like no design experience. I'm just like, what will I get on a t shirt? I have no idea, but this sounds really dope. So I'm going to do it. And I get inspo from like other shops that I really like. Um, so yeah, I just started designing things and selling them and yeah. So cute. I'm looking right now. I hadn't seen it. I know, I love the designs. I'm like, (laughs) I didn't see that first design, but your designs Uh now are really cool. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. How that's awesome. My my best friend Abby helps me. Um, she's like my better artsier half. And she helps me behind the scenes so much. She's like, do this, do this, do this. And I'm actually designing my first, like, fan merch. I'm like, am I cool enough for fan merch? Yes. You don't have to ask the question. (laughs) It feels weird. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't know. This is weird, but who cares? And so she helped me design it. It's like street rare. And it's like a black crew knife and we bleach dyed it. And they're just, they're so dope. I'm really proud of them. But I'm going to be launching those soon, which is really exciting. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I have Um, kind of a... Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you. No, 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 you. You (laughs) I was just going to ask. um, uh, I mean, we're wrapping up right now um, with like technically Disability Pride Month, right? Um, Uh That's month end of July. And uh, I was wondering, are there any specific um, influencers or people that you find that you love to follow inspiring <laughs> you find who do you find inspiring <laughs> all right well i literally never say inspiring because of like the negative connotation but uh obviously the birds probably doesn't have a disability that i know of uh, but she definitely is one of the influencers that really inspires me that is able-bodied but some disability influencers that i love are carson tuller he is an amazing disability advocate. He actually worked with one of the candidates on his campaign. I forget oh, wow. who. I think it was Andrew Yang. He worked on the Andrew Yang candidate for like disability, like the disability portion of it, and he is freaking amazing. Like, oh my god, definitely. And he's in the LGBTQ community, and he's really um, and cute. I was gonna say, really very cute. cute. <laughs> yeah, like, all right. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tess Daly, she doesn't give as much into disability rights, but she's an amazing makeup artist that has my same disability. And oh, she, really? Mm-hmm. She's based in the UK. Um, and yeah, she's amazing too. Oh my God, I have a long list. Um, <laughs> where else? <gasps> oh my God, this look. Yes, isn't that she is like, oh I'm like, how do you do that? I could <laughs> never do that. It's amazing. Yeah, her makeup looks are so good. Um, who else? I mean, how? If you guys, Aaron Phillip. You I follow, follow Aaron Phillip. Aaron Phillip is the baddest bitch ever. So there's that. Um, I mean, how cool is it? because of the internet in so many different areas of life that people even in the most like rural areas can go on the internet and see people that look like them like you you were just said she has the same disability as you like how fucking cool is that to have even if it's not representation in mainstream media or in advertising to be able to go on a platform and just interact with people who have the same experience as you that's what i'm saying there's people from like third world countries that DM me like oh my god I have SMA too like I need advice about college or dating or independent living I'm like oh my god this is really surreal like it's like a 13 year old with my disease from like Romania and like that is that is like intense it's I love it I love how that's a possibility these days have you ever thought of doing other um, content like like YouTube or something like that? I do. T- and a lot of people know I do TikTok. My videos are straight trash, <laughs> but I have, a pretty, I have a pretty decent following on there. Good for you for just going for it because I am like way too intimidated by uh-huh. TikTok teenagers to even Dude, like get on the pl- platform. On there. I was like, oh my God. Like, People get so aggressive on TikTok and they're really, like, mean, really mean. Like, people were calling me a vegetable in every comment. And I'm like, I'm just going to start making every video with, like, vegetables in the video. (laughs) Is that something you encounter, like, on other platforms like Instagram? Yeah. Not really, no. People on Instagram are pretty nice, honestly, like. No one ever really leaves super mean comments like that. That's bizarre. Maybe it's because it's younger people or maybe there's more anonymity. But on TikTok, anybody can see your video. Oh. And Instagram, it's like your followers. Right. Or on Instagram, you're sort of seeking out similar content. Got it. That makes sense. Uh Because I've heard people like sort of praise TikTok because um, it is possible to gain so much more, um, what do you call it, like exposure because of the algorithm. But in that, at the same time, I'm guessing that just a bunch of people are exposed to your content that. Yeah, I had this video go viral. I need you guys to watch it. It's pretty funny. So it was like me in front of the camera or like me. It was a shot of me leaving my room. And then on the screen, I put on my way to F your man. Uh-huh. And then I came back in and I was like, ha ha ha, just kidding. You don't have one. <laughs> and it's up to like 10 million views, I think. Holy shit. And, 
they haven't done that. We're like, they're like, well, good luck. My man has stairs. Like, oh my god, like, I mean, he came down and he carried me like between us. <laughs> it's so funny. Sorry, bitch. <laughs> oh my god, broads! I'm we're I'm gonna get that video and post it on our Instagram. Oh yeah, that'll stories. be our Instagram post. Yeah, or we could, or it could be our actual physical post. True. Uh-huh. That's how we're gonna represent you for this episode. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love it. It's a perfect depiction of me. <laughs> See now I'm seeing the Leo uh rising coming out. So coming out to roar. I know you're coming for my man. That's a little bit of that Leo rising, okay? I'm coming for him in my wheelchair. (laughs) Is that Wait, I was just wondering, is that like you don't do you ever encounter that kind of aggression or rudeness in in IRL? No, definitely not. Um IRL people are definitely way more shy and like not gonna say something like that to my face. Um, it's just literally on the internet. I get trolls. But honestly, even on Facebook, I feel like people can be pretty mean there mm. and YouTube, but I don't do a ton of YouTube just yet. But yeah, it's just TikTok because they think you know you're behind the screen, so they're like, hey, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Uh, I feel like you could be really good at doing more long form, long form content like on YouTube, doing like day in the life uh-huh. stuff, especially when you're talking about. I hate doing things in person. Like I'm like, no, I'm much better like still photography, and like I've had producers hit me up for like big things, like for big things. I'm like, mm, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> Oh. Well, you mentioned wanting to start a podcast, and I feel like you definitely right, should do that. Right, podcast is just you talking, so it's <laughs> different. Like, yeah. talking is okay. It, it, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable when people are, like, just staring at me. Like, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm shy. <laughs> okay, broads. So, everyone has that one thing that they always mean to learn or master that just kind of stays at the bottom of the to-do list or somehow always makes it onto the um, New Year's resolution list every single year. And for me, oh, it's Photoshop. I swear to God, I, I promise that I'm going to learn Photoshop always. And I end up just having to bug Becca to help me with something. And I swear, this is the year. This is the year I am coming for you, Photoshop. I am going to learn how to do that Photoshop. And I'm hoping that with the help of Skillshare, it will be so much easier than anticipated. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes uh, for creative and curious people. You can easily explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. There are so many classes to choose from. Honestly, the hardest part for me is picking which one to take next um, with classes in categories like music, writing. I did an amazing um, creative writing uh, class once. Ooh, so good. Lifestyle and web design. There's a class uh, that'll empower anyone, really, and everyone to accomplish growth and just dive into that creative side and oof, just feels good. When you join Skillshare, you'll get unlimited access to thousands of inspiring classes with hands-on projects from a community of millions. And it is so affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. Um, an annual Skillshare membership is less than $10 a month. 
Explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash chatty. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash chatty. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash chatty. Here's the thing. All right. For years and years, when I would go razor shopping, um, I would end up always purchasing the um, very uncomfortable scraping disposable razors because they were not expensive in comparison to when I would walk down the aisle and see the, quote, women's razors that would cost a fortune. So I just I would get these disposable razors and it wasn't good and they were just terrible on my skin. Well, thankfully, I found the Athena Club razor and it gives oh, such a smooth shave, zero irritation every time. Their razors are expertly designed with the sharpest patented blades on the market and every razor head comes with a five American-made blades. You'll get the closest shave, maximum comfort, and their blades are also enhanced with shea butter and a water-activated serum for the most smooth shave and it's actually great for people with sensitive skin all skin types you don't get that razor burn um and if shaving isn't your thing athena club is great for so much more than razors they carry all the self-care essentials you need from period care to body products and wellness supplements and all of their products are fairly priced and have a totally transparent ingredient list with clean sustainable ingredients only and Thanks to their convenient subscriptions, you'll never have to worry about running out of your self-care favorites. Uh, One of my favorite items from Athena is their cloud shave foam, which prevents any of those nicks or cuts. And oh my Lord, can we talk about their dewy body lotion? It is incredible. It is currently lathered all over my body, top to bottom. I smell fresh and amazing, and I could go slipping and sliding all over the place with the dewiness that this has created. And uh, like we mentioned, the price the price points are just unbeatable. Uh, and by the way, back to the Athena Club Razor Kit, it's only $9, which includes two razor heads, literally a fraction of what traditional store-bought razors will cost you. So if you shave, stop using razors that under-deliver and switch to Athena Club. And like we said again, they just have so many incredible products. Sign up today and you'll get 15% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code chatty. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with promo code chatty for 15% off. Athenaclub.com, promo code chatty. You just made me think, what are your thoughts on... Uh, networks like TLC who do shows on Uh people with like disabilities do you feel like they do more harm than good or do you think that like any representation is good representation I think yeah any representation is good obviously if it's like done right and it's not exploiting anybody and I feel like those people are obviously like signing up for it so they know what they're getting into maybe and hopefully being paid yeah, exactly. And like disabled people being paid is like a huge thing. Like there's so much talk about disabled influencers like getting gifted things and like not getting paid. Whereas mm-hmm. other influencers with the same platforms are like getting paid. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people talk about that and it's just like if a disabled person's getting represented represented and they're getting paid, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, are there any organizations along that monetary note? Are there any organizations that you like and that you feel like are doing good work and people should donate to? Um, I not that I can be. Oh, so my friend Shane Burka, him and his fiance Hannah have a huge um, YouTube platform, and Shane has my same disability, and his fiance Hannah does not have a disability, so they have like an interabled relationship. And Shane has a nonprofit called Laughing at My Nightmare, and it's a great organization. They donate equipment to people with SMA or not SMA with muscular dystrophy and like they donate needed items hmm. for people that need them like adaptive equipment. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the NA shower chair like that's actually like going to be safe for me to use. Wow. And I don't use that much adaptive equipment but it would make my life so much easier and I went to look into it, and this shower chair is $4,000. And getting insurance to cover it is, like, almost, it's just, it's a hassle. And yet, like, oh. and once again, look at, that's $4,000 in assets just owning that piece of equipment. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. You're like, I guess I can't have what this. What kind of bullshit catch-22? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Exactly. And you Mm-mm. said Shane Burkhart. Okay, I just I found him through mm-hmm. your followers. B U R C A W Broads, if you're interested mm-hmm. in checking that out. Well, we'll definitely put that in the episode notes for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay, Alex, can we do some fun quick fire for you before we let you go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so since we've all been like locked up central these days, um, which, oh, oh, I want to ask something quick before that. Sorry. Okay. I'm all over the place. But um, I I believe I saw you post something or maybe it was a repost that you posted um, about people who are able-bodied and everything happening with this pandemic. And it being a like, hey, this is a minor inconvenience for you. And what is it yeah. like to all of a sudden able-bodied people have a minor inconvenience yeah absolutely like able-bodied people i feel like just don't understand like the gravity of like you know the lives disabled people live which they don't really need to but i think it really shows that ableism when able-bodied people like have to do this like thing that's gonna protect themselves and other people and they like just cannot be bothered and it's like oh my gosh and the fact that like everything all of a sudden when the pandemic happened it's like oh all of a sudden you could work from home do telehealth these things that disabled people need to be able to live and like make a living that normally oh no we don't hire people to work from home this and that but now when able-bodied people need it to live it's a possibility and it's like okay world we see this Mm-hmm. Even I major universities that didn't have online classes available, suddenly everything was able to transition online. It's just uh-huh. so it's like disabled people are seeing what's happening, and we're like, gonna remember this for when the pandemic isn't here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, hey, you guys, remember <laughs> my quick fire question is one I'm gonna bring back that we used to ask all our guests: What would your last meal be on death row? 
You did some shit. You're on you, death row. You got into some bad shit, Alex. <laughs> I probably ran over an able <laughs> No, I probably ran over a fuckboy that was wearing Crocs. <laughs> and I called him Speed Racer. That's what happened. Was he wearing Crocs? Wait, was he really wearing Crocs? That's pretty bad. No, I made that up. No. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is like, this is a scenario. Okay, so what are you eating <laughs> after murdering him? <laughs> I think my last meal would be like, oh my god, this is so hard. Like, a fried sushi roll. Ooh. That's real good. For your drink? What, my drink? Um, and dessert. A, a Vegas bomb. Wait, what's that? that? And for dessert? Um, I, I'm not a very sweet person, so like... I really like creme brulee. Ooh. Wait, That's what is a, ve- a Vegas bomb? Okay, how do you not know what a Vegas <laughs> I don't like, bomb is? Can you teach us what a Vegas bomb is? Is this like not a West okay, Coast Vegas thing bomb. or something? Why don't we know this? I've literally <laughs> like never heard shot. of it. It's a delicious shot. So it's like Red Bull, Crown Royal. Like, I, I don't know. It has a bunch of shit in there. But it's like red and sweet and delicious. Mm. I like that you're going out with a shot. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> you have to go out with a shot. <laughs> Something to take the edge off. Good lord. <laughs> All right. Um, I like it. It's a good answer. It's also a good variety. We have sushi, creme brulee, a delicious shot. A nice little shot. <laughs> um, okay, who's the uh, the celebrity crush? Oh my god, I can't say this out loud in public. Okay, there's this, like, new TikTok boy. (laughs) I was like, who are you gonna say? (laughs) Well, it's because he's young, he's 19, so he's legal. Everyone calm down. (laughs) Wait, I... What's his name? His name is Noah Beck. I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh my sister! Oh my God, you guys are—we're both weirdos. <laughs> no, my sister, my sister had me look him up. I asked my sister the other day. I'm like, "Who's like your your new like love of your life via you know the internet?" Uh-huh. And she was like, "Noah." And I looked him up, and I was like, "I'm not gonna say anything." I feel uncomfortable. But I'm uncomfortable <laughs> because he's beautiful. There are some yeah, hot TikTok <laughs> boys out there. There is so many, and they're all like. 18 so i feel really weird like when i watch their videos i'm like <laughs> like this feels bad but i mean no no it's bad but it feels so good <laughs> this is like also crazy to me like how these tiktok stars are blowing up like no other huge. platform i've ever seen huge it is crazy i watched yeah, it I mean, he's almost at like 10 million and he started in January. Like, how does that happen? That's I don't know. I was looking at that girl, um, you know, Charlie or whatever, who's like the most followed. Yes. Yeah. It was like October 2019 or something like that. And she now has 20 something million followers on Instagram. Uh-huh. It's pretty. It's, it literally, it's like, I don't know how that happens, but it seems to be these TikTok people that are just like, really blowing up and like there's to- someone on tiktok addison ray oh and yeah she was yeah. like hey, 
Kardashians. And I'm like, I saw that. I went on a deep dive because I was like, why the <laughs> fuck is she hanging out with the Kardashians? Right. I'm like, how do they like what? Like, why? First of all, here? why do they want to hang out with her? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no right? offense, Addison, I, I, but like, no what, offense, just because she's but... now famous too. It's so weird, right? But like, yeah, Kim is what like later thirties hanging out with like no, it was like Courtney. No, it was Courtney and her hanging out in the pool, and I'm like, bitch, you're like forty, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm and it's, and she's hanging out with like David Dobrik, and I'm like, why are all these like? Older people hanging out with this, like, because they gotta stay hip. Mm hmm. (laughs) I see you, David Dobrik. I got my eyes peeled. I've been watching those YouTube videos. That's really the thing. We gotta get, we all gotta get our, like, dance moves on. The, the, do, man. I'm disabled, like, but I could like turn my wheelchair around and like shake it. Like, okay, yeah. you know what? Yeah, this you is... have a nice ass. Remember, this is <laughs> sort of. I just like pick me up, put me on a wall, and twerk me. Okay, okay, this is gonna this. Okay. When I was a kid, there's this. It was actually really cool. It was the, this gymnastic center for both able-bodied kids and kids with disabilities. It's called Break the Barriers. Uh-huh. And um, I used to go to it when I was a kid and they'd have like day camps and stuff. And it was actually anyway, it was really cool program. I don't know why there aren't more because then like that's the time when people need to be exposed to people with disabilities is when they're like four and five. Mm Because when four and five year olds at first, they're like, oh, that's weird. You're in a wheelchair or that's weird that you have this, you know, that whatever that you look this way. But then they're like, "Okay," and they get over it in like 30 seconds and then just keep living Uh their lives. But anyway. They had like a they had they would do shows with with yeah like mixed abilities I guess you would call it and they literally would like like have people in wheelchairs that they would be like holding up and dancing around with and like like throwing people up in the air and stuff it was crazy yeah it sounds like super cool but like dangerous. But anyway, your dreams could come true. They would literally hold you up in the wheelchair and you would be like twirling around. I'd be like, all right, ready? I need one person here, one person here, one person here. It was after the pandemic. That's where you're heading. And then that's first stop. Second stop is get Alex to the hype house. Oh my God. Yes. Well, actually, he's in, uh, no, it's in the sway house. Oh, all right. (laughs) My mistake. I mean, either one, they're full of really cute boys that know how to dance, so like, whatever. Yeah, before we go there, we have to like check everybody's birth certificate just to be sure. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta make sure. Okay, um, since, again, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of binge watching these days, what's been your recent, like, TV show or series that you've yeah. been getting into i've been like working so much but i did take a break to binge the entire down to earth with zach efron and <gasps> i've it, been wanting to watch that it was honestly so good uh, after i'm like oh my god like i need to be more sustainable and like eat fruits and vegetables <laughs> thank you zach i'm gonna start eating fruit yeah, it was, like, and it's like if you have this sort of diet, like you're going to die early. And there was this episode about, uh, it's called like centenarians, like people that are a little over a hundred. And in this little like village in Italy, I've heard about the this. Most- yes. And I was like, and then they were telling Zach, like the reason that people die early is because of 
having a really high protein diet and his eyes were like because for all the movies he's been on he's had to have high protein diet for like 10 years of his life and he's like oh, and he's like, oh shit i'm gonna die early but they're like no it's fine you can reverse it but it was it was such a good show i also I just, love zach efron yes i Daddy. just started last night and i was like I'm loving it so far. I'm like, oh my God, some of these sustainability episodes, it's like if you have a friend who's not willing to learn about it, you just put him in front of the TV and be like, watch this beautiful man. <laughs> He'll teach you all about it. I love him. I think he's so sexy. He's so hot. I'm like, I think it's just because he's a really kind person. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell he has a really kind heart and like his eyes are so soft. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> Actually, I yeah. see love and light in Zach's eyes. To be honest, all right. And my the final, unless Becca has one, my final one. So here's the thing: we do Bachelor and Bachelorette recaps, Alex. And there is a campaign out now called Batch Diversity, and they're pushing because there's so little diversity in in the Bachelor world. And there has been uh, let's a put woman- it this way: I was the first girl in 22 seasons to have hair above shoulder length i had a pixie cut and that was like radical wait you were in it yes oh my god i didn't know that that's i don't watch that show at all no worries my friends are obsessed with it it. i'm like i don't don't know what the hype is but i think i need to watch some episodes I'm going to go back and watch your episodes. You should. She was fantastic on her season, but there's like, there's been no diversity. And Sarah Heron is an amazing uh, woman who was actually on our last episode. And she, I believe we were talking, was the only uh, person ever cast with a physical disability on the show. So I would like Mm -hmm. to know what you would like to say to the Bachelor producers about their (laughs) lack of diversity and specifically lack of uh, showing people with disabilities. This is also your audition tape, just so you know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting kind of nervous. But my friends were like, yeah, there has never been someone with a disability. But they did tell me about Sarah. Is that her name? Yeah. Yes. And they're like, yeah. She, like, you know, was the first person. Like, Alex, you should apply to be on it. I'm like, okay, let's do it. But yeah, I think just the fact that they don't have more diversity, it just like, is just saying that disabled people aren't like into dating and sexuality and that's putting out a bad message because disabled people like to have sex and they like to party and like get hitched and flirt and just do their thing so i don't know i would probably be a really bad candidate i feel like i'd be too raunchy i feel like the girls are no like no. no. Fine and like if anything, super- they'll make you the villain, and I love that. We love the villains. Really, like roll into that role metaphorically and physically. <laughs> I am ready. We are ready to see you on our screens. Okay, please audition. They have an upcoming season with Rapunzel, the newest bachelorette. (laughs) Yes, it needs to happen. All the men Um, can carry you on like a on like a chariot style thing, you know? Oh my god! All half naked and all oiled up, and you'll be on a throne. Let them fucking they worship you. They can't out of like, my right dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how you move about the mansion is they're just carrying you. Like, just like 
I, I, I that would be literally like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Make it happen, Bachelor. Make it happen, ABC. You heard it here first. Um, Alex. It's for disability disability representation. (laughs) Yes. Alex, you are amazing. You're so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, this is a blast. blast. Thank you. you. When the pandemic is over, we have to actually. In our hood. If you're by the Hype House or the Sway House, we're in L.A., near L.A., you have to come visit, okay? Um, I seriously want to, yes. Please. Um, Can you plug away? Can you let all of our broads know? And we'll put it all in the episode notes, broads, but where can everyone find you? Um, I know that you are trying to fundraise right now, like you said, for the accessible van. Yes. Yeah, so my my all my platforms are just wheelchair underscore Rapunzel. Um, my website is wheelchairrapunzel.com. And yeah, that's you can find me just by searching wheelchair Rapunzel. Perfect. Cool. Like I Thank said, we'll you so much for there. coming on, Alex. It was seriously, yeah, so fun. Please hit us up and please post COVID so we can go out and get a drink because I would love it. <laughs> oh my god. Please bring at Vegas bombs. Vegas bombs? Okay, so we'll pregame. Bye. You guys are going to some bougie place in LA. Really get some Vegas bombs. And then we'll hit this rain, uh, this rain house and then the hype house. We'll yes. creep outside and get arrested. <laughs> just like. I know. I'm, like, I'm disabled. You can't arrest me. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Like, excuse me. Is that cop <laughs> car? No, like, he's my dying wish. Like. <laughs> Is your cop car accessible? I don't think so, officer. So that's going to be a no. <laughs> wait, that's a me. wait. Oh my god, I've never thought about that before. What if? Co- yeah, what if they have to arrest someone who? Do you actually do you know I the mean, answer to this? <laughs> so yeah, I, I know from personal experience. <laughs> what do they I'm actually kidding. do? So I don't think they do anything, but I know if you really do get arrested and like instead of going to jail, I think you go to the hospital. Well, that's kind of chill. That's what my cousin, who is an officer, told me. I was like, okay, but then you got like McDonald's and like TV. <laughs> You're like, I know. I'm like, that's actually kind of oh, okay. That sounds okay. You're like, all right. I guess this makes up like one point. Or zero point zero one percent of the fact that you won't let me get any sort of like insurance over two thousand fucking dollar if I have over that. I guess at least I can get McDonald's mm-hmm. at the hospital after I get into some shit. Oh my god. Well anyway, with that, bras go, you know, follow Alex. I'm I'm gonna go buy the merch right now. I'm so stoked. And Save uh, buy the merch, rock the merch. <laughs> Save your we'll merch. All right, broads. We love you all. Chat soon. This message comes from NPR sponsor Grammarly. Get to the point faster and accomplish more with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, get 20% off for being an NPR listener. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcasts.